Hey everyone, welcome to the Landlord Association podcast. I'm your host, George Gao. This is a podcast by the landlords and for the landlords in the greater Houston area. We'll discuss tips, strategies, techniques to help our listeners to be more educated and ultimately become more successful rental property owners and investors. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 19. Today is April the 12th, as we recorded a special Ask Jimmy segment amidst the worldwide coronavirus pandemic. For the last couple of weeks, it just feels like everything is changing around us so rapidly and there's so much uncertainty in, in all aspects of our lives, from our family's health, to our children's education, to the well-being of our older parents, and not to mention our jobs and our financial futures. Um, but as far as uh, real estate is concerned, I feel very fortunate to have a great Facebook community of almost 2,000 members who have been um, asking questions and helping each other out, uh, dealing with some of these pandemic-related issues. Um, today, Jimmy's going to give us an update on his portfolio as an example and a glimpse of the Houston market conditions. He also mentioned how he's dealing with some of the tenants who are struggling to pay rent and how his group is leveraging the SBA loan programs. All right, hope everyone's safe and well, and please reach out on Facebook if you have more questions and comments. Here's my conversation with Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks, George. Glad to be here. How are you? Great. This is going to be a kind of a, um, you know, kind of COVID-19 uh, update podcast just to give everybody kind of feel of where we are, where things are in Houston area, what, you know, you're kind of seeing uh, in different uh, asset class that you have. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ha- happy to catch up with everybody, see what, what people are doing. Yeah, right. And uh, I'm, I mean, I think it's been great. We had a lot of interactions in our Facebook page. We're almost up to uh, 2,000 members now, so it's kind of exciting to see how so many people pitching in, asking questions, answering uh, each other's concerns and issues. So it's been a really good, uh, you know, time really to kind of all share our information and what we know and uh, how we can help each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, you know, I think that's the last month or so this, you know, for landlords uh, in Houston or in all over the country, you know, most of the questions, the most common questions we see is around surrounding, you know, tenants not paying rent, what we're going to do coming up next month, people are losing jobs. Uh, can just give us a background of what you're seeing uh, in the asset class that you own, uh, just in terms of occupancy and uh, what's going to hit the hardest, and what do you think? What do you think is going to come out of this uh, in the next couple of months? Yeah, so so I uh, I still own a few uh, single families. Uh, I own um, uh, well, actually, I I, I own one, one, one single family rental, and then after I own uh, a few wrap uh, transactions um, for with single family, and for those um, so far, um, no trouble with rent. So was able to collect everything. Uh, everybody paid in full, so that's good. Um, as far as apartments, um, uh, I, you know, th- those are hit a little bit harder. Um, you know, um, you know, we're we're thinking, you know, we're still trying to collect from people, but you know, it's it's probably you know seventy sixty percent collections. Um, mm-hmm. rat, you know, for hotels, um, probably down to uh, around ten uh, percent collection, and we'll probably be kind of shutting down the hotels 
um, to conserve uh, expenses uh, pretty soon uh, and keeping only a skeleton crew. And so, um, so you know, so, 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 yeah, so, so you see some real estates are hit harder and some weren't. Um, you know, with, you know, I talked to some of my other buddies that own offices. Um, they seem to be fine for now. Tenants are, you know, still paying. Uh, retail owners are hit a little bit harder because uh, businesses aren't producing any money. And so they're not able to pay uh, a lot of the retail um, uh, landlords. And so, uh, you know, I, I think so far real estate, it's been affected differently uh, depending on the asset class that, that you own. Yeah. I mean, before, just to follow up on the retail comment, I mean, before we, we talk about, you know, retail assets being internet proof, um, you know, it's the nail salons, the, the haircuts, the, you know, the, 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 the neighborhood, the restaurants, but I mean, even those, and then even the gyms and nobody's going to the gyms nowadays, you know, those kind of, everything's going to hit on the retail strips center area. Yeah. And, and, um, and what's interesting is, um, you know, uh, you know, you know, for services, you know, like massages and, you know, chiropractor, you know, stuff like that, 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 that are located in retail center, it's a, it's a service. And so, you know, haircuts, you know, it's, it's, uh, a lot of us don't have haircuts and so, but it's not, it's not like once the economy opens right up, we're going to get like, you know, 10 haircuts at the same time. <laughs> so there's not waste of inventory that, uh, same thing with, you know, certain foods and, and stuff, stuff like that. And so, yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, it's re really tough on that, you know, um, you know, and, and it's interesting that you mentioned gym because, um, you know, gyms, although nobody's going, nobody's closing down, I'll be curious to see who's actually what the percentage of people actually canceling their membership because I imagine, mm -hmm. you know, I, I know there's a lot of you know for example twenty four hour fitness I know there's a lot of people that prepay for one to two years and then there's also mm -hmm. some people that just keep their credit card you know some of the you know cheaper you know fitness facility that charge ten dollars a month I, I wonder if people are actually calling in to cancel or they're just still kind of getting revenue or I'm, I'm not sure how that works you know yeah yeah because if you cancel you still gotta if you sign up again you gotta pay a sign up fee again so some some of the places a cheaper place i mentioned yeah probably you're right it probably doesn't make sense to cancel yeah, yeah i don't i don't like, my family like mine, I, I didn't i didn't cancel yet because I, I usually pay on an annual basis and um and it was kind of pretty cheap anyways and you know i i, I want to make sure they stay in business and continue to give me the rate. And so I figure if they can use the revenue, I'll just give it to them. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's true. I know, I know my family didn't cancel our um, lifetime uh, membership yet. So uh, we're going to hang on for another month and see, see what happens. Yeah. yeah now yeah. they do have a sign up fee too, a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. 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 So okay. yeah, it, it, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, even on our Facebooks, we, we kind of see, I, I know you ran a survey, uh, um, how the collection went. Uh, I know for myself, you know, we did pretty good last month. Um, you know, out of 10, 12 units, we collected 100% almost. So, um, what did, what did you see on the illness from the survey that we responded? I think the majority of the people did collect 100%. And I think that, you know, um, you know, I, last time I checked, I, I believe uh, 48 
people, um, you know, almost 50 people collected 100%. And then the next biggest bucket was people that collected around 80%, which I believe was like 17, 18 people. And then after that, you know, it drips down from there. So it seems like, um, and, and, and the way that I worded the survey was um, those of you that own your own, um, your own personal um, property. And so, uh, and so, you know, more, I was kind of getting a target of what, what people are having uh, collections for their single uh, family property. I've also been talking to a lot of multifamily landlords and other landlord commercial space and definitely um, apartment uh, landlords are definitely not seeing the same collection. And I think a part of it has to do with um, tenants, some tenants not wanting to, uh, some tenants wanted to take advantage of the situation. And so they, they're able to spread it to other tenants a lot more easier and then encourage other tenants not to pay. And I think that's it because it seems like from the single family front, um, people are paying, but as far as from apartment, the collection drops off dramatically. And I'm, I'm still trying to figure out why that is because especially for my rentals, they kind of target the same, you know, demographics as my apartment, you know? Yeah. Based on the feedback you get from other apartment investors, um, do you think the A's and B's are holding up better or worse than the, like the B's and C's class? Properties? Oh yeah. I think, I think for sure the A's, uh, the A's and B's are a lot holding up a lot better than the C's. You know, I, you know, mm -hmm. most, 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 uh, most uh, apartment owners I know are, are in the C space, but um, but the company that I used to work for plays in the A space, and for them, uh, they're still collecting rent uh, normally. Wow, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess it really makes a difference, um, you know, in this kind of environment. Um, a lot of the blue-collar blue workers are getting hit the hardest, so um, it's really uh, unfortunate, um, you know, I think those are the people that need to help, help the most. So it definitely um, makes sense in that regard. Yeah, I think, I think that's the case. I think, um, I think even if uh, you're a uh, white collar worker and um, you know, you have high risk of getting laid off, I think for the most part, you got some savings. And so you're probably still um, paying your rent. And, uh, and ultimately, the worst case scenario is the, the white collar people do get laid off, uh, but, but they also can claim unemployment benefits. And I, I'm just not convinced that the white collar guys um, that are at the class A apartment, they want to move, move and look for a new apartment because of this virus. So they probably want to stay hunkered down and um, not move a lot too. And probably um, landlords, I don't think any landlords are raising rent. And so you know, I, I think for those reasons, they're just, they put, you know, they, they don't want to damage their credit because of course, if they do get hired again, you know, the new company might run a credit check and stuff like that. And so I don't think they're just not paying. Right. Right. That makes sense. And, um, do you have any section eight tenants in your, in your, in your properties? I mean, I, I hear they've been holding up pretty well just from, you know, stories I hear, what have you seen on the government assistance programs? Yeah, so so I, I have no Section Eight for my single family, my you know my wraps, of course, uh, apartments. We have very few Section Eight, and uh, they held up very well. Um, but um, 
but but uh, but other than that, I don't have too much experience with Section Eight. What about yeah. you? Do you have any Section Eight? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think the majority of my um, properties have Section Eight tenants, and they've been great. I mean, that's, we always get paid on the first, and um, you know they've been communicating with us. The ones they do have some some portions they have paid, um, so. Um, I guess, you know, they want to keep up because if they don't pay their portion, I mean, eventually right now there's, we can't do evictions and things like that. But, you know, uh, I think, you know, according to a section eight program, they eventually had to pay those portions, uh, in order to stay in the program. So, I mean, we'll see. Um, I know those people are getting hit hard, hard too, but, um, so far so good. Oh, okay. And so what, what's, uh, what's the percentage of their portion they have to pay usually like, uh, for, for your, for your, uh, single family? Like yeah, so anything from zero uh, percent to maybe fifty percent. Oh, fifty. Okay, wow. Yeah. So, um, but most of them are on the lower side. Um, so they, they have been very good uh, working with us. Uh, so so how, how do they usually pay you? Through, through what? Through Zelle? Um, I have people who most of them electronic payments. So they'll they'll Zelle me or oh, okay. use Cash App. Um, okay. Or they go. A couple of them go to the went to the bank and deposited it, just like they always did. So they did drive through deposit and they sent me a, a deposit slip where I see it in the bank statement. So, you know, same thing with other tenants. They they they've been going through the uh, branches and you know paying. So uh, I I don't think the branches are open nowadays, but people are doing the drive through and it still works. Oh, okay, so banks are open drive drive through only now. Yeah, I believe so. I, I think a couple of times I went, it was, um, I just did drive. I didn't bother going into the branch. I don't even know they're open or not, but the drive throughs are open. So, so were, were there huge lines or no? Uh, no, no, not yeah. too, not too bad. Oh. I think most people are doing more electronic banking anyway. So maybe that yeah. helps, but, uh, yeah, I don't, hasn't been a huge line since a couple of times I went. Yeah. It'd be interesting to, um, to, to, to understand if, if you were to close the transaction, you got to wire how that works because most banks you can't wire online or you can't wire through phone. You got to go into the bank to wire. So I wonder how that works if people are closing on transactions nowadays. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully if you can do it electronically, but yeah, you're right. Those things that require white signatures, uh, it'd be a little harder to do. Um, even for mobile notaries, I don't know, they can come out and you know, help you with a signing and things. So you just have to meet them outside six foot apart, set up a table for them or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well um, you know, some, uh, you know, some, um, uh, um, title companies has been able to do the, uh, the, uh, online notary now, because I think it was legal starting last year. And so some companies, some, some of them can do, remote online notary so it depends on the lender they would accept it oh wow they don't require uh, wedding signatures anymore huh yeah uh, no no, they they have a there's a whole legal system to where you know you can do it all online so you have to have a webcam and everything and so they can verify you through the camera and stuff like that so but uh but yeah you, you you can do it uh as long as your lender is so if you're closing a deal cash then then it's no problem at all because it is legal to close that way but if but some lenders um are, are not on board yet and so what some title companies are doing is there's they're um 
they're trying to close as or trying to do as much documents as they can where um where the lender says that wet signatures are not required and so they'll mm-hmm. do as much as they can online and stuff like that and then when they come into the title office it's only documents that is critical wet signature so that that way it cuts down the time that uh they have to be at the title office right okay that makes sense yeah Okay. I mean, I think one of the benefits of this thing is just forcing people to work remote and use technologies and uh, how to be more innovative. I think coming out of this, um, you know, we're going to see even as we go back to the regular schedule, people are going to do more and more stuff online because maybe they're used to it now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know, I think so. But uh, I, I do miss working in the office sometimes, so. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. Cool. It's more it's more productive. You get to see people more face to face for sure. That's right. Um, so just to follow up on the um, so next step, I think you know for people who have asked you to say they can't pay, you know they they don't have the income anymore. What have you done to help them? Do you set up a deferment paper program, or are you going to forgive those rents? Uh, what do you think the the best way for people to you know address those situation? I mean, obviously, landlords have mortgage payments to pay, too. I mean, it's not like we can just forgive these rent. Um, what have you done in the, to help tenants in that regard? Yeah, so so uh, uh, kind of um, d- different things. So, so, so for example, um, if that were to happen on my single family stuff that I own personally, um, you know, I would try to match um, what my banks are doing for me, because so for example, if you if, if you if you have single family and you're on Fannie Freddie Mac loans, they will def- uh, they will defer payments for three months, and I believe some of them are kind of putting it towards you know you know they're saying that hey you know after three months you got to pay or you got to or they're saying they put it on the back end I, I, they do different things I. And so, you know, I would try to match it up with that, you know, and, you know, and so, and so luckily I only have one single family property that's yeah. actually a true rental. And so, you know, for that, you know, I, I was just, you know, you know, if, if he, he didn't have that situation, but if he did, then I would try to get the payment as soon as possible. Uh, he's been a good tenant. And so, um, would would want to work with him on that but on the the apartment side um i we we we, uh we signed a forbearance package that is offered through fannie freddie mac and when when you sign that um you know you are not supposed to evict anybody uh, Mm. to pay it all uh, and so our strategy was to sign that so that we didn't have to pay and at the same time sign up for the SBA program to where we get grants to pay for our mortgage. And as soon as we get the grants to pay for our mortgage, we take that and then we pay the mortgage. And then after that, we then start eviction again. And so it's a little bit different because when you're, when you're in the commercial space, you've got a bunch of investors. And so you got to do whatever is in the best interest of the investors. So as, so you can kind of push harder if it's your own personal property, you can kind of 
you know, see what the, see how, you know, how trustworthy the tenant is and kind of, you know, ha ha have it a little bit more kind of dynamic and see what kind of exceptions you can make. But if it's an apartment, you just gotta, you know, get people that are not paying out as fast as you can and get paying people in the apartments as fast as you can. And everything has to be very systematic and in the best interest of investors. All right. So I, I know we're not accountants and definitely people should, uh, you know, consult with their CPAs when making any kind of uh, uh, these financial decisions. But um, for forbearance loans, what's the downside of doing the forbearance, signing a forbearance package? Yes, it defers the payment. Maybe it gets tacked on to the end. Um, do they restrict your, so they don't restrict the cash flow you do get? Um, and then you say you also can't do any evictions. But are, are there any financial negatives or downsides you see for somebody no. signing a forbearance before they sign a forbearance package? No, I mean, uh, the, the biggest is, is uh, it ha hampers your ability to evict, which is uh, a huge, huge negative. I mean, um, mm -hmm. if, if, if uh, I mean, eviction takes, you know, especially uh, some of the Class C apartments, you know, some of the tenants know what's going on. And so some of the evictions can take uh, a few months if they go through the process correctly. And if you, uh, you know, delay that and delay that, then, you know, virtually you, you won't get that money back. You, you'll never get it back because they, they just will stay there as long as possible. And then after that, they move out. And so uh, that, that, and then after that, you got somebody stuck in your apartment and then that's one less room you can rent out. And so it's a, uh, so financially and credit wise, nothing happens to you, but, um, you know, limiting your ability to evict is extremely huge and extremely painful. Right. No, I mean, Texas is probably even better, one of the better states in terms of going through the eviction prop process and it's still painful uh, yeah. going through the court and filing and, you know, in case yeah. they had to appeal and all that stuff. So uh, definitely agree with you there. And for for people who are, for investors who are expecting to get uh, prefs or preferential, you know, three or four percent dividends or those kind of things, does doing forbearance? Do you know doing forbearance prevent uh, syndications or or the uh, GPs to pay out uh, prefs? Yeah, I I I. Uh... I, I uh, uh, it, it does not limit you that ability, but I don't know any uh, GPs paying out anything uh, because yeah. I mean, that, that's the reason why they're going through the forbearance is they want right. to their cash. And so yeah. they're, they're not paying anything. And in fact, a lot of GPs are even calling capital to raising even more cash. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so, um, so yeah, I, I think, uh, I think everybody's trying to raise as much cash as possible by delaying utilities, delaying mortgage payments, delaying everything, you know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I guess it's the key is just communicate with your investors and, you know, give them updates on where, they, where, where you are financially and, you know, occupancy and all that stuff so they understand and where you're going, what, what you know, what they're looking at, have realistic expectations um, for 2020. Right. Yeah, so I think lot been changed and they, you know, people are okay with those changes out. So you just tell them and make sure, um, you know, be upfront, be honest. And, uh, they probably want to hear the bad news rather than new, new news at all. Right. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. And so speaking of the um, SBA loans, um, which ones do you apply for? Is, is it the PPP or I, I heard a couple of different ones. There's PPP, the payroll protection program, and there's the EIDL, the emergency something loan program. Have you guys applied to both or, or just one? Which one do you guys go with? Yeah, so we applied to both. Um, so, um, so, uh, we, we, well, we, we applied to the EIDL one and, um, and the PPP one. Um, so, so, so what's interesting is for most apartment owners or most people that are in syndication that has third party property management, the property actually pays a hundred percent of the salaries. Um, benefits, uh, you know, pay time off, you know, all that uh, from the on-site uh, full-time staff. However, the property management firm uh, is the one doing the payroll. So uh, for the PPP, um, the rule is written to where they want the firm that is actually doing the payroll to do it. And so uh, because they have the, the proof of the payroll. So for the PPP, we've uh, been working with our third-party property management company to do the application. And for the EIDL, uh, we did it ourselves. Right. So that's, but, the same, that's, yeah. but the same entity can't apply for both, right? No, it, it definitely can. If you if you uh, if you uh, uh, you know have the payroll, uh, if you did the payroll, then you can definitely apply for both. Yeah, no, I think you can use it. Um, but, but you can't, but you can't, uh, but you can't have both pay for the same thing and double dip. You can't do that. Right. You can't have the user EIDL pay for your mortgage and use your PPP to pay for the mortgage. You got to use it for, for payroll or something else. Yeah, 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 exactly. You can't okay. Double dip. Gotcha. And, and there is a forgive, forgiveness component in both, I think. Um, for when it comes to the EIDL and PPP, uh, I don't think I don't know if it's clearly written out or, um, but you know I think. So if you, you know, I think the interest rate is pretty low for those. It's probably like less than four percent for SBA loans. Mid term is maybe ten years, but there's a forgiveness component in there too as well, right? Yeah. So if you look at the document, um, you know I think a lot of people are confused by it because some of them think that it's just free money it's not free money if you look at it in there it doesn't say that anything is a uh, is a grant or free money it says in there that it potentially uh, can be you know it is a loan you're signing up for a loan and um, it potentially can um, you know be forgiven if certain conditions are met um, and so I am at, and you know, and so a lot of people think that if you sign up and you just get ten thousand um, dollars, but it's not exactly the case. Um, you know, it's it's a loan, and then after, if you meet certain condition, you know, some or part of it can be forgiven. And so I think you know, as with anything, uh, the the process is pretty very hectic right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're supposed to, you know, some of some people are supposed to get their money and it's been delayed for a while. You know, uh, we haven't got our money yet. Um, you know, <laughs> that was my ask. Have, have, have you heard anybody getting their money yet? I heard two people that got their money already. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I heard I two people that got their money. 
uh, our property management company applied pretty early. We haven't got any money yet. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's the case. And the, stu- and the stimulus check is supposed to come next week too. The stimulus check for, you know, the, you know, 500 per kid and you know, 1200 per person. If you're making less than like 75,000, I think that's so what, gonna- I, so what I heard is, um, next week it's coming through the rec deposit. And if it's a check, if they have to write you a check and mail it, it's going to come in like another month or something like that. Um, it's not direct deposit. So I, I don't know how did they, how they get your direct deposit information. So I don't mm-hmm. know how that works. Huh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That might take a while. Yeah. Um, and what do you know what your, for your, uh, your property management company for the PPP, do they go through the bank they use? For regular banking, that you know, whether it's Chase or Wells Fargo or some local bank, use that that yeah. bank to apply for the PPP, or do they go to a separate SBA approved bank to for the PPP loan? Yeah, so so SBA is directing people to go to the bank that they currently have a relationship with, and that's because um, because um, of money laundering issues. They don't so the so they want the bank to kind of know you, know your business, know how you've been running, and so they don't want you to go to like brand new banks um to to apply they want you to go to the bank that you have a business relationship with and so um and then also banks are not and banks are using that and not really taking new clients that are outside of their relationship space because mm-hmm. they just simply don't have the manpower to vet um, money laundering at this point and so they're saying that hey for our customers only but then at the same time you know, it presents many uh, challenges. For example, with Wells Fargo, um, I don't know if they're, they were able to open up their application process yet because um, since the 2008 financial crisis, the government has put on, you know, some restrictions on them on, you know, how, what their, you know, cash to loan they have to do and certain ratios they have to meet. And from what I understand is they're already kind of, already at the limit of that ratio and so they're not able to give out more loans but then you know the, you know and, and so now the, the 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 government is trying to now turn that off so that they can give out loans and stuff like that and so wells fargo is is one of the ones that i know that it's in kind of like a, a weird situation right now where wells fargo customers you know haven't really been able to get loans wow yeah and they might give you some uh, free checking accounts if you, uh, without you knowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um, I guess the last question on, on the on the SBA programs for small landlords who own like you know one to ten properties um, that don't have a payroll. You know, we have LLC set up. We don't have a payroll to pay like you know a full time employee or you know we're just. If our, it's a it's an LLC that's you know it's a single multi multi member owned, but we don't have employees. Do you know the enti- those entities are eligible for payroll the protection program or or just the EIDL? I, I don't know. How, I don't know if you know the question to the answer answer to yeah, that question, but yeah, no. I mean, you have to actually um, have payroll uh, go mm. through a, a payroll, you know, and uh, you know, been doing payroll to do that. That that's why even exactly. for that's why even for syndications that have full-time staff, like uh, like I have on my properties, um, we can't even do it ourselves. We have to go through the 
property management company. And I, and I know of property management companies that are saying that, hey, we're not going to reimburse it to you guys, the owners. We're just going to take it for ourselves. And so that's another different issue. But luckily, we got our property manager to, to you know, to transfer that savings to us. Yeah. Cool. All right. That helps. Well, I appreciate all the uh, insights and updates uh, on that. I, I think it ha helps give people a little bit um, a better picture of what uh, we're seeing in the Houston area, at least um, in the different uh, asset classes. Uh, and, you know, just moving on to, uh, uh, you know, looking forward, are you, do you see still deals going on? Are you looking at other deals in the marketplace? Uh, are, is there still buyers and sellers out there? Do you have any deals in the pipeline that you're looking at? Um, I mean, I guess are people just or just, people just holding off on either sellers and buyers are not uh, being as aggressive as before in terms of uh, you know marking their deals or buying the, locking up the deals in this kind of environment. Yeah, I'm not. Uh... I don't have any uh, real estate deals on the pipeline. Um, you know, I, I think that, um, uh, I think that, you know, there's, there's a there's differences in the 2008 crash and in 2020, I think 2008 was the actual, a, a real estate crash where, you know, ha uh, people were in uh, mortgages that they shouldn't have been in. And so, you know, and in large numbers. And so real estate prices started to crash and people were underwater and they can't pay, you know, so if they can't pay, they got to sell and, you know, they can't, you know, and then after they're underwater and so they got, you know, they sell, they got to pay more money. And so people just file for bankruptcy. And then after that, these, you know, so, so, you know, that triggers and it just keeps on going down, down, lower, lower, lower. And, um, and so I think 2008, that was probably, you know, a really steep real estate crash that if, if you had money and you had the guts, you come in and you can make a lot of good money from that. Uh, the difference in 2020 so far is that, um, uh, you know, rental rate for sure has gone down, but the government is also stepping up with um, limiting your expenses, you know, living, limiting everybody's expenses. And so, you know, I can see this, and, 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 and by the way, last week, they've already started talking about um, doing another round of stimulus for small business owners, you know, mm -hmm. right. And, and then after that, you know, and so, and so right now, you know, so 2008, um, real estate owners were literally being killed, just killed, right? And so in 2020, it seems so far that people are hurting, but they might, but they if as long as stimulus keeps on happening, they might not be killed. Right. And right. so if you're not going to be killed, then, you know, typically nobody's going to just liquidate and start spiraling down. And so, you know, well, um, and so, you know, it's not, it might not be necessarily super cheap yet, you know, um, yeah. because, you know, things will turn around. And so, you know, a lot of critical areas to look at is, um, you know, number one is, is stimulus going to continue to happen? Because, you know, obviously all this right now, you know, it'll last, you know, maybe a few months, you know, you know, even people's personal stimulus check, maybe that lasts one month, you know. Right. Um, and then after the second major thing to look at 
is you know after everything's settled and everything is all said and done um and we start you know going back to normal or somewhat normal um what happens to all the debt i think that if if you know everybody says oh well we're back to normal um you haven't paid your mortgage for three or four months you need to pay it today right now or else we're going to foreclose it well then that yeah that will lead to a lot of foreclosure because people are just getting back and they're not going to see the same level of income that they did in January. And so that's going to lead to lots of distress. But if their government is able to figure out, it's like, oh, well, yeah, I realize you're not going to able to pay. So just pay it over a course of eight years or five years or pay at the end of your loan or something like that. Then, you know, that right there, um, I, I wouldn't imagine people being too stressed. And so it's about what, what the government continues to do and how they're kind of going to position it after the dust settles, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, I totally because, agree. You know, on the tenant side, which is the top level, um, there's going to be a lot of tenants that's, that are just going to bounce and never pay that. And so they have to do it in a way where landlords can absorb the shock on a longer term basis. Yeah, no. And, um, uh... Yeah, I mean, for people who are signing the for, forbearance package, definitely read them, read them carefully. Um, whether they're prorated over, they spread over like you know three or four year period, or they're due immediately upon you know three three months, or or they're added to the end. So definitely read those, um, understand those packages before you sign it on the dotted line. Um, that's that's a good point. Um, and in Houston, in particular, you know, what kind of we got hit by the oil prices too, you know. And now the the Brent and TI are in the twenty dollar, thirty dollar per barrel range. That definitely doesn't help our Houston economy. You know, where where do you see that shaking out? I mean, I guess hopefully the same thing as uh, this pandemic, and hopefully it's a short term. After all the air travel picks up again, the people start driving again. You know, I'm I'm hoping that the oil prices get at least a little bit, if not a U shape recovery maybe maybe not a v-shape but maybe at least a u-shape recovery or somehow you kind of you know get that that would, that would really help the houston economy too yeah you know what what's interesting is uh if you look at the 2008 um you know um uh crisis and how we emerged from that i think we emerged from it pretty quickly um as soon as it bottoms out we kind of went up pretty quickly and it, and if you and if you look at the reasons behind why it recovered so quickly is was because the U.S. Uh, went into the shale boom. So U.S. started doing shale, and so a lot of that was oil and gas companies, um, you know, figuring out how to do shale, and that just drove uh, the economy to improve uh, right after the 2008 recession pretty quickly. Um, you know, the situation that we have right now uh, is, you know. There, there is no cure for the virus. Um, you know, a vaccine may be coming, but at the same time, and so, you know, whenever this recovers, I think what that means is whenever it's, I, I think recover for this current crisis means um, you're able to go out and do more things but you're still at risk of getting the virus. It's just that the hospitals will be able to take care of you and it's not at ridiculously high capacity. I think that's what it means. I don't think that you'll have a situation where you'll feel safe that you won't get infected. And so 
because because the thing is you know because the thing is there, there's multiple research that are conflicting each other saying that hey once you get it you won't get it be, uh, again but there's also research that says hey plenty of people are getting it again uh and so yeah. i think that's what it means and so you know in three or four months when when you know this thing slows down or you know our hospitals are fully able to take care of everybody that's sick everybody that needs a ventilator is able to get a ventilator and you know people feel at least to know that if they do get sick the, you know the hospital systems will take care of them i don't think that people will start going out in masses to the movies i don't think that people start going out masses to go on the airlines I think that there's going to be a limited number of people that will go because there's going to be a good percentage of people that still rather not get go to the hospital and get sick, you know, and I yeah. think it's going to continue for a long time. And so, you know, we might, you know, see more of an L-ish, uh, L-ish or U- to U-ish recovery yeah. where it will be a lot, lot slower. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't think that there's going to be a turning point to where it is hey, we'll recover, let's start going back up because I think it's going to be slow, you know, because there, 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 there is no, you know, you know, they have, they have a, a vaccine, you know, they declared they have a vaccine, um, you know, you know, depending on how effective yeah. it is, you know, right. how effective it is and if it can get, get through everybody. Uh, but, but right now we're seeing um, a lot of contradictory research, you know, some people don't know yet whether the summer um, you know, the virus will slow down spreading or not. Some people say yes. Some people say, okay, well, you know, maybe it's, it will slow down spreading, but in the fall, it'll come back and spread it some more. So there's another wave of, of the virus. So right now, there's not a, a definite, hey, you know, at some point, there'll be the end of the virus. And, so, and then you, you have situations like China, where they're seeing, you know, their population reinfected again. And so, you know, the U.S., um, you know, even if you assume that the U.S. is able to, you know, um, do the, its part in getting everybody vaccinated, what about all the other countries? You know, people fly around again and they, have, they get infected, they bring it back to the U.S. And so, you know, I see this thing kind of lingering on. And, uh, you know, especially for movie theaters where you're packing a, a ton of people, people coughing, you know, that, that gets very sensitive, you know. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think some of the businesses are maybe, you know, not going to be the same for a while, whether you're talking about cruise lines or people packing to Vegas, go to conferences. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Cruise, cruise especially know. for cruise line, like your, your, uh, your rooms are so, so tight with other people's room and it's yeah. so tightly packed. And so I imagine people will be very nervous about that. And so earnings will definitely impact that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. And uh, we'll see how it shakes out come the summer and fall. I mean, I know baseball team talking about having playing the next new baseball season, you know, without the uh, fans and stuff. So, um, you know, I think people are trying to get around it, but there's definitely going to be, you know, people are going to be very hesitant to go to the, those um, big arenas and things like that. So, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so, I mean, I, I guess for a real estate investor, you know, if you have dry powder, you're, you're, you're on the sideline, you're waiting, you've been waiting for an opportunity to get in. Uh, just tread carefully. Uh, I think this is just the beginning, um, and you know there will be opportunities. There will things will shake out, but um, definitely, like Jimmy said, um, you know, see how the stimulus is coming um, next couple months, and uh, especially for Houston, uh, got to take a look at the, uh, the Houston economy, particularly for the oil price implications, and uh, 
you know, um, don't just jump into the first deal that you see. So I think there's definitely a lot of due diligence to be had. Uh, you have anything to add for that, Jimmy? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think, um, I think uh, you know, as time goes by, um, you know, people are, some people are going to slip through the crack and be in distressed situations. And so there will be opportunities here and there, um, but just don't expect 2008 to happen again, you know. Yeah. Uh, the government is, um, um, you know, definitely showing a lot more support than they did in 2008. Right. Yeah, you know, I think, in, and most of the, a lot of investors are more careful this time. So a lot of the properties are well capitalized. So, uh, you know, hopefully we won't see as many defaults this time. And, uh, you know, if to, somebody do get into a bad situation, so there there are going to be opportunities, but. Um, yeah, yeah. Who you know who over leveraged and uh, not going to get through this crisis. Um, so just uh, you know if you if you're looking for new deals, just you know. I guess you, there's so many things you got to frig into your models nowadays. Um, be careful any kind of performer numbers you look at, and uh, um, you know, got to do more diligence now than ever, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Um, Jimmy, you have anything else before I wrap up? Well, in addition to that, you know, I think um, uh, uh, commercial loans, uh, for example, or, um, you know, they're, they're, they're already requiring heavier, um, uh, you know, um, reserves, you know, too, you know, so, you know, so, you know, you'll, you'll see that loans are a little bit um, getting stricter. And so I think as a, uh, as the time goes on, I think loans are will uh, get stricter and require more reserves too. And so, you know, it's uh, and so you'll definitely feel a, a more cautious lender also, you know, as you're going out and looking for deals. Yeah, I mean, they're going to put a more stringent uh, set of eyes on, on the, your numbers too. Um, like you said, more reserves, uh, maybe yeah. more equity required. Um, yeah. Even the interest rate has been bouncing back up. I mean, I think you know, a month or two before we get into the threes and fours, I think now it's getting a little higher up now, maybe you know, half percent or so. So, uh, yeah, it's not it's not a you know just um, always going to be low interest environment. So, yeah. So uh, you know, I hope uh, I hope it definitely I hope it improves soon. I hope uh, and I yeah. think the the primary thing to, to think about is if you uh, are still healthy and your family and your friends are healthy, I think that you have a lot to be grateful for. And, uh, um, you know, I hope everybody gets through this and uh, manage everything effectively. That's right. And just dig your heels in, do, do everything you can. And uh, if you're stuck at home, uh, educate yourself, uh, listen to podcasts, uh, read books, and, uh, you know, I think uh, be a better investor when, when, the, when the opportunity comes. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. Thank you so much, Jimmy, for joining. Oh, and thank uh, you. We'll, hopefully, we'll get a chance to talk in a couple weeks or a month, uh, get a follow up update where we are, and, uh, you know, hopefully, we'll have better news for everybody. Yeah, that'll be great. Yep. <laughs> thank you, Jimmy. Thank you. I'll see you later.